snow. Now, that wouldn't do at all. Richard, Angela! Oh, here you are. Look what I did. I packed you and your cousin some goodies for the ride up to camp. Wasn't that nice of me? Hmm? Any chips? Why, of course. I believe there's a whole bag. Well, I'm almost sure of it. Angela, isn't there anything special my little girl would care for? Hmm? We gotta go, Mom. It's getting late. Why, of course you do, dear. We wouldn't want them to leave without us, now would we? No? No, I'm afraid that that wouldn't do. Come, children. Let's be on our way. We're back on the Scare Value Podcast. It's been 40 years since we met Aunt Martha. What the fuck was her deal, by well, the way? We'll get, we'll get to it. It's one of the most memorable parts of one of the most memorable movies in movie history. Turned 40. Turns 40 this Saturday. Oh, no. What? I'm older than that movie. Yes, that's true. Let's start. I don't have a correction and apology. Do you have a Nick Cage? I always... Who do, who do you think you're talking to right now? Do I have a Nick Cage? We can't, you get, you know, your options. As always, I got one of three things, but you can't have the third one this time because there's not two people, so you can't have a pop uh, cage quiz hotshot because mm-hmm. what's the point? So you can either have Nick Cage news or you can have a Nick Knack fact. And, and Nick Cage news for anybody listening for the first time, I don't know how that's possible, <laughs> is not something new with Nick Cage. It's something Pete just has learned about Nick Cage. Yeah, it's still new. I'll it's t- news. I'll take Nick Cage news. Nick Cage news? Ooh, I don't think anyone's ever taken Nick Cage news before. Oh, that says TCM. I don't even know what that means. All right, Nick Cage news. Hot off the presses. I watched Drive Angry. There you go. There's your Nick Cage news. It was pretty good. Fuck. Crows. He didn't say that in the movie, no. but you know who else was in it? Amber Heard. Yeah, it took me a while to figure out who that was, but Buffalo's own William Fickner. Oh, wow. He was the accountant, not the Ben Affleck accountant, who I've still never seen that movie. You elbow bumped William Fickner. I did, because I had a cut hand, so I couldn't shake hands with him. Yep. So we did a really cool elbow bump, like cool dudes do. He was in a movie in Buffalo on the campus you used to work at for, I don't know what the name of the movie was, do you? Cold River, maybe? Cold River, with a frequent podcast topic. Um, what's his name? Oh my God, I forgot his name. You know what? And it's not even the person I'm thinking of, so it doesn't matter. It'd be funny if we remember the other person's name, because that would be a good end of the bit. Yeah, but it's not. A bit oh, from seven months ago. He was the guy from the show about the motorcycle people, when sure. Hamlet was on a motorcycle. He was in Stakeland, but he wasn't. He wasn't in Stakeland. <laughs> but yeah, so they were there. I only met Billy Fickner. He's a cool guy, but he was in it. So I recommend Drive Angry. Pretty good. I mean... Yeah, the graphics, you know, are not great, but you know who is? Amber Heard? No, Nicolas Cage. I have some Nick Cage news. Do you now? Maybe. Uh, is it written down on my Nick Cage News Network page? How, I don't know what's written on your Nick Cage mm, News Okay. He's turned 60. Ooh, a Nick Cage birthday. That's news to you. I w- it's I'm also gonna, a knickknack fact. I'm going to write that down right now on both the pages. And if I had put a Nick question Cage. mark on it, I could have made it a... Quiz quid shot shot. Do you think I'm going to get invited to his birthday party this year? Yep. I'm going to invite him to my birthday party next Pete, year. That was my news. <gasps> Sweet. <laughs> We're going to have perhaps a Nick Cage special episode 
which I'd like to think would put an end to this near year-long reign of terror, but I'll be honest, it won't. <laughs> I, I like to think that every episode is a special Nick Cage episode. We're, we're going to be doing Godzilla in a couple weeks because are, Godzilla Minus One comes out. The hell is Godzilla Minus One? It's the newest Japanese-made Godzilla movie. Wasn't there another one like a while ago? Seven years ago, Shin, Shin Godzilla, Godzilla, which is really good. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. And this one is getting great, 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 great reviews. Best maybe of the series. Even and more than the Kong versus Godzilla? That's not a Japanese one. Are you sure? Yes. It takes it back to post-World War II and is a more serious, more evoking the original Godzilla, which is why it's a good time to just talk about the original Godzilla, which is one of my favorite movies. Although, long-time listeners will recall Jaws replaced it on my top ten list at the last second. I don't recall. And I am a long-time not listening. Yeah, you've never listened. So, we're going to do that one. We know that we're going to have the Scare Value Awards at the end of the year. We know that we're going to talk about The Exorcist for its 50th anniversary. And we know that we're going to have our Christmas spooktacular, <laughs> where we, uh, we, you, me, and Kitty pick Christmas movies to make each other watch. And we'll talk about those. Wait, did we decide it had to be a Christmas movie or just a movie to make somebody watch? No, that was like the one rule she had was it had to be a Christmas movie. God damn her and her rules. She does love rules. By the way, since I know what her movie is, it, apparently the rule isn't that it has to be a horror movie. No. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, no. No. So I guess I'm picking Home Alone 2. No, I'm not picking Home Alone 2. I'm, like I said, I, I really wanted to pick something really horrible to make you guys suffer through. But like, there's just so many options. There's so many bad Christmas horror movies. I might end up picking something fun. Well, the thing is, we we have no life, and we're not going anywhere. I bet you two Christmases from now, yeah. we're going to have another one. It was really difficult for me to to make a selection. I haven't officially made one yet, because I don't need to. Me neither. But I've, it's probably going to be something fun, because I'd rather talk about something fun than... I have given it zero thought. Good. And we're going to probably do that Nick Cage episode, I think, maybe. I am so excited. Yeah. I have, we have plans. This was a plan that fancy plans and the pants a, to match. A friend of ours who's never been on the podcast came up with. Who has never been on the podcast and what friends do we have? Your friend Mark. Mark. And his Tournament of Champions Nick Cage edition. Oh, yeah. That seems like a good idea. We should do something like Pro that. Probably 32 Nick Cages enter. When Nick Cage leaves, we will determine which Nick Cage character is the most Nick Cage of all Nick Cages. That. I don't know if that can be contained to one podcast. It can. And we're just going to need one other person on because you're just going to pick You're going to pick a tie every time. And it, we know that. So we actually probably need two more people on because your vote is irrelevant. <laughs> That's what they told me the last time I voted for real. Yeah. So I don't have a correction and apology, but I do have the story of the Anomaly Film Festival. That was a film festival you went to. I did. I went. That was me summing it up. Three times. It drove down the 90 to the 490 to... The Little Theater in Rochester, New York, which was very easy to get to. Very nice establishment. Is it right off the expressway? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Okay. You can get there. That's what I like. That's how I know it's a good trip when it's, I, I don't I have, have to, to go too far. I think I got off, had to take two blocks and take a right, and that was it. Yeah, it was a really good hands-on theater. But one time I asked my mom how she got to work, and she said uh, she said she uh, she takes the, uh, the 33, and then she gets off on Dick. Because Dick is a road, but she gets off on Dick. And then I laughed at her a lot. Yep. That was it. I know. I, 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 was, <laughs> I just marveled at to that? follow up. So I saw seven movies. I did not go on Saturday where I would have had to drive for a fourth day for one movie that was in French. Yeah. I remember you were having qualms about that the last time we talked. I may have under my breath said, I'll probably skip that one. And I did. I cannot tell you what percentage it is because I would have had to take a fourth drive. 
hour 15 minute drive there and then hour 15 minute back or how much was it it was in french it's it's a it's a 50 50 maybe i've seen i think two french movies one was amelie mm-hmm. where the little gnome went on trips and the other one is famously brotherhood of the wolf that's right because you bring it up i like that movie that one time i saw it yep in the theater i'm aware you like it because you bring it up all the time because you haven't seen it and i think you should all seven movies were good i think they all had something interesting in them one of them I think two of them were great. One was a masterpiece, and I'm so excited I saw it. We're going to save that one for last. There's two movies that are going to be coming out on Shudder. I'll try to give release information when I can. They don't all have release information. The movie The Sacrifice Game, which I believe comes on Shudder on December 8th, was a good movie. It's Christmas. It's in time for Christmas because it's set at Christmas. It's it's set in 1971, and a group of murderers, four murderers, are, are heading towards this boarding school where a couple uh, kids were left behind by their parents and uh, a teacher has to stay back with them and they're trying to summon a demon. And it was, it was fun. It did, it twisted in a way I didn't expect. You spent a lot more time with the killers than I expected. You get to know all about them. And it was interesting. And that was a good one. I, I, that, that was worth a watch. What was the name of that one? The Sacrifice Game. Okay. And it is definitely a Christmas movie. Not French? Not French. Okay. It was in English. A lot of them weren't in English. This one wasn't English. And the other movie coming to Shudder sometime in 2024... I think it might have a limited theatrical release before that, so I'm not sure how long it'll be till it comes to Shutter. Was a movie called uh, Stop Motion, which was really good. I thought it was great, actually. It is about a woman whose mother is a very famous director, and her, her hand, her mother's hands don't work anymore, arthritis and such. Uh, okay. So she has to do all the little tinkering with the stop motion. It's a lot of her. It's a lot. Her life has been growing up with a lot of her mother just yelling like, "No, not like that. Do it like this. Do it like this." And her mother gets really ill. And she's going to try to finish the movie for her. And she becomes obsessed with telling her own story. And it's a, it's a very interesting movie that uses stop motion for nightmares in a really good way. And was, I don't want to say it was like a surprising movie, but it was very, very cool effects. I like the old stop motion stuff. I yes. think it's always fun. It's, uh, it just works. It anything. used a lot of that. And it was really effective. And it, it really was a, a creeping madness of just how far you'll go to, to, create and it was really good i thought it was great okay. i can say that was great what was that one called stop motion stop motion that and one makes sense i should remember that it'll be out in 2024 on shutter but i don't know when i don't even think early they said probably not even early 2024 because it's probably going to have a theatrical release at some point because it was good and there, do most of these movies have theatrical releases or is it's it all hit and miss so another movie i saw was called loop track that's coming to vod you texted me and said that was a good one nope that no? was not the one. well this was a good one but this is not the one i texted you about oh that uh, shows how much I read. Exactly. The movie Loop Track is coming to video on demand December 1st. So that one does have its stuff sorted out so we know when we're going to see it. And that was a movie about a guy who takes a hike around these New Zealand paths. And the Lord of the Rings. Was it a hobbit? No. Uh-oh. He's very introverted, and he doesn't he doesn't want to be around anybody. He's been hiding from people on the path because he doesn't want to see them. But then a very extroverted person meets up with him and starts just taking like tagging along with him he doesn't want him there and it's an interesting movie because one of three things is probably going on in the movie but it doesn't tell you for a long time what it is either this guy's right and something creepy's following them or he's insane or who's insane the guy who joined or the main guy, the main guy or yeah. or there's something wrong with him with the guy that joined up with him and another couple joins up with them because they're too nice and it puts it in an interesting way the way i look at people like why are you so outgoing and friendly i think you must be crazy <laughs> <laughs> and it really did a good job because you're following on this introverts. Because nobody wants to. No, he, the guy is like so like too nice. He's too outgoing and too nice and too friendly. And I don't like it. And there's something wrong there. 
now I get why Kitty talks about me that way because I go up and I just start talking to people and she's like, it's weird it's and you weird. creep people out. It's weird. And like, he seems very friendly, but like, can I trust that? I don't know. I don't know that I can. So it, the movie does eventually tell you what it is. And Pete, it gets wilder than I could have ever expected. But the, this isn't the one you texted me about. This isn't the one I texted you about. No, I said they're all good. Yeah, yeah. It's worth, it, the movie gets a little slow. It, it drags things a little too far on elevating each of the th- possible threats as to what's going on. But when it tells you what's going on, Pete, thumbs way up. Okay. Worth watching for the destination because it is, I was surprised and wildly entertained. Was the destination Mordor? I cannot tell you anything about the movie, obviously. And they were all hobbits after all, and you're just keeping the secret from me. That was December 1st. That'll be on VOD. Another movie that I have some a little bit of release information for was Molly and Max in the Future, which has been called When Harry Met Sally in Space. Accurate. Okay. I never saw that one. It's this is the most realistic relationship movie, except it's also set in a world where there's tentacle gods and trash dimensions and corrupt politicians that, that are just on TV telling you the truth, like I'm gonna murder all of you and they're still winning. And it's it's got a lot of it's very, very funny, but it works because the two leads are so great. I thought that movie actually was great. Were the leads anybody or um, the I don't know who the guy was from. He was really good, but the the girl was from Girls. She was the not the one from Get Out. Not the one who made the show. She was the... I don't remember her first name. Was, I think there were only four. So Zosie we're halfway Mamet. there. Zosie Mamet, maybe? Uh, I don't know. Perhaps. I don't she know was, any of their names. She was the Williams there. She was excellent in it. And Adam Driver was in it. He wasn't like in this Adam movie. Driver. But he was, he was in that. She was so good in the movie. And the movie really worked. And, you know, I'm not a big romantic comedy fan, but it was very, very funny. Yes, you are. So we're, we're, you like romantic comedies. Na- name me the romantic comedies I like that aren't the one that you're going to say because I like the movie set in the 80s. I don't know which one that is. You wedding make, Singer. Yeah, The Wedding Singer. You like the one with uh, Freddie Prince Jr. She's all that. No, I don't. Yeah, you told me to watch no. it one time. You said you saw it. That counts. I saw it because I had a girlfriend who made me see it. Mm-hmm, that counts. That doesn't count. I had a girlfriend once, and I didn't watch any of these movies. You know what movie I like? One Fine Day. I do like that, too. And the movie you're looking for is 10 Things I Hate About You, which is great. That That's not a romantic comedy. Sure it is. No, it's not. That's people being awesome. Okay. Oh, so that's where you draw the line? So I recommend that one. Uh, it's it's going to get a limited theatrical release sometime in 2024, but that's all the information I have on that one. And it's called When Harry Met Sally in Space. And it's called Molly and Max in the Future. Oh, okay. And it's very, very funny and definitely worth watching. Very creative. Mostly two people on screen, probably in front of green screen, with just wild ideas, and there's robot fights and... It layers on as much sci-fi nonsense as it can, because the point is that it's a realistic relationship comedy, and I really enjoyed it. Is that the one that you texted me about? No. I'm uh, getting to that one last. Aren't we there yet? Jesus. No. I saw seven movies. and Like I can see. count. Tiger Stripes was a coming-of-age drama horror movie that was really good. That was from Malaysia, I want to say. Yeah, works for me. And I'll I, believe you. The, the loop track was from New Zealand. But they speak English with an I accent. Like so like New Zealand movies. So I can far. follow along with it. This was really good. Uh, really good young actors, which is rare. How young is young? Teens. Okay. Really, really good. It's. I did not figure out what period vomit was. I think that <laughs> I think there might maybe should have been a comma somewhere. <laughs> well, what's the other one? The meat. That was wet meat puppets. Wet that was, meat puppets. That was stop motion. Stop motion. There was oh, definitely that was stop motion. Puppets. Oh, sweet. Yep. Period vomit. Didn't figure out what that was yet. And the movie was really good. Not my favorite of the the bunch of the seven probably be the least favorite but i'd still give it like three stars it's still really good i don't rate them though until they get real releases i'll okay. add i'll add of the buffalo film festival i went to only one of those movies has been is, is getting a release are the other ones out anywhere <clears throat> no 
Uh, Not yet. So it takes time sometimes for these things. And it takes a little time sometimes. But it was good. It was about a girl who gets her period and she uh, <laughs> is ostracized from her friends and starts her body starts changing in ways that aren't just the normal puberty ways. And it's it gets it gets fun. Is she a werewolf? Oh, no, I wish she had been. Disney did this movie. It was called Red, and she turned into a panda. Huh. I saw it already. Cool. Mm-hmm. There was also no period vomit, if I recall. But maybe there was. I wasn't paying like a lot of attention. Cool. But you know, Disney always pushing that edge. Did I do all six of those other movies? I. You're looking at me like I count anything ever. Nope. There was one other. Uh, the South Korean movie Sleep. That was interesting. It's about a sleep disorder or possibly a haunting and possession. It keeps you guessing throughout. The husband of a pregnant woman starts walking in his sleep, scratching at himself, eating raw meat out of the fridge. Uh, there may or may not be a dog murder. Oh. Yeah. And she has the baby, and he cannot stop. Eating it? He's, it's a threat. Let's put it that way. They lock him in rooms. He's still able to get out and walk around. They tie him up in the beds. like He's still able to walk around. And her mother is a, is a person who believes in the mystical sides of things and she thinks he's been haunted by a ghost and i don't know having watched the movie i still don't know which way it went but it, it goes in an interesting way where you can you can infer what you want from it and it was steadily spooky is the best way to put it because it is a very real problem when that baby's there because <laughs> i've already seen that the dog did not make it oh boy so that possible dog murder is that's possible no, drifted into the realm of there's definite dog murder oh <laughs> And are you sure it's not a new Nightmare on Elm Street movie? It could have been. I just, maybe you're just seeing just the waking parts of it. Yeah. Ooh. It was good, though. I really liked it. It was, a, it was a very good movie. And then there's the movie that opened the showings at the festival called The River, which is a masterpiece. And you know that I've said many times, I don't like to give five out of fives to movies until it's years later so I can see how they play out. The only exception to that rule is when you make something that I think is the best version of that thing. River is the best version of a time loop movie. Oh, okay. It is, it is every two minutes, everything resets, but everybody maintains the knowledge that they gained. So it's not a situation where just Bill Murray's walking around, the only person that knows this is happening. So what do you mean? Like, uh, I guess I'm, I'm every two minutes... It goes back to two minutes prior. Time resets. Everybody's back to their starting positions wherever they were two minutes before. So the movie never goes past two minutes? I don't know what that means. Like, it's, it's just two minutes because then it resets again. Yes. And you're back. But their lives continue because they keep gaining information. They keep gaining knowledge. They keep, they keep growing as people because they're, they're all caught in this loop together. So it's very, very, very funny. And there's, it turned, it's good sci-fi stuff. There's, there's no horror. Which is the thing where it's a horror movie review site, scarevalue.com. Is that reviews, what that is now? These reviews have started going up. River went up the day we're recording this. And like, I don't score it because it's not officially out yet. I have no release information on it. Except I think it's coming to some obscure streaming service in 2024 I've never heard of. Maybe that deals with Asian movies because it's a Japanese Max. movie. Yeah, Max. The obscure one. <laughs> well, it's not HBO. It must be Max. They'll, they'll get it and they'll throw it right in the vault and never release it. So I don't know... Anybody that wouldn't enjoy this movie. It is hilarious and at times moving and at times romantic and at times it gets into some sci-fi elements that are a lot of fun. It's always played f like, like every two minutes they're all stuck where they were. So even if they want to talk, they have to run to like run together. So they're wasting half the minute just trying to get to where they were. It's, it, it's 
very, very interesting movie. Oh, okay. Now I got you. So the the plots are progressing, but they're stuck in the same two yes. minutes. The relationships progress. You learn more about them. There's there's they're at an inn, this beautiful mountain mountainside inn by by a river, and that's why it's called a river. And oh, I see. You you start every loop with the same character as she's making her way through at first, trying to keep the people, the guests at the inn, happy as they're all losing their minds, and then they're trying to figure it out. And then they think they figure it out, and then it becomes a different kind of movie for a while. And then it's it's I can't recommend it enough. It's one of the best movies I've seen. But it's in coming years. somewhere obscure, maybe. I, I'm sure it'll be on video on demand at some point. I just don't know when. All right, and it's called The River. I remember it's that called name. River. No, it's called The River. No, that's a Bruce Springsteen song album. No, that's a Talking Heads song. That's Take Me to the River, which is an El Green song. Oh boy, it's called <laughs> River. I recommend it one thousand percent. It was the best movie of the festival. It was the best movie I've seen in years. Well, I recommend Drive, starring Nicolas Cage. I'll give that a five out of five. You can watch both and see which one uh, you agree with. So, it is the 40th anniversary of one of the most important movies of all time. I don't know. I've I've never seen that movie until I watched it right now. Is that true? It is 100% true. I have never seen Sleepaway Camp. I don't know how it was received when it came out. I don't know that it's... I know nothing about this movie oh, other than... I'm so excited about this. What the this. fuck did I just watch? I've never been more excited to talk to you in... <laughs> in the 30-something 30, 30 years. years. It is about 30... It is over 30 years now. <laughs> I've never been this excited. Oh, it's 29 years. I've never been this excited to talk I, to you. I have never seen it. There is where I stand. Pete, what'd you think about Sleepaway Camp? I don't know what I'm supposed to think about this movie. Because the problem is... You told me, or somebody told me, well, I guess, like, what what does this movie try for? How was it received when it came out, I guess? Because it's... Well, I was four. All right. Well, you also know the history of shit, so... Like, <laughs> you know the history of shit. Yeah. It, you know, comes out of people's butts normally, sometimes animals, not all the time, and uh, I think we Still worm, trying to solve this bear in the woods question. Polar bears the, do not. The bear in the woods paradox. <laughs> the Berenstein bears? Well, the movie came out in... 1983. Let's just start with the opening title. It opens on the phrase, in fond memory of mom, a doer. Yes. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. That's why I'm looking at you. I watched this for the first time, probably around 10 at a sleepover. This is a a famous uh, sleepover movie when days of videotapes. All right. It's completely insane. You know, looking at the camp aspect of it, it, yeah. it seems like, okay, I, it has that, that veneer, right, of, like, the old movies, like, the like the kid, you know how movies, when you had, in the 80s and things, they were more adult when yeah. they're aimed at kids? Sure. That's what I got, like, that summer camp, I'm like, oh, yeah, kids are pieces of shit, the counselors are pieces. Mm-hmm. Meg is a bitch for no reason. I kind of liked Meg up until she just started being terrible, just yep. a terrible human being. There were a lot of terrible human beings there, and a ton of half-shirts. Oh, I don't even know where to begin. We can begin with the fashion because, I mean, do you want to begin with that or do you want to begin with the four hour long baseball game that's played in the middle of the movie? I was kind of invested in that baseball game. And it made, you know what I looked to? I looked at the time yeah. because I've been sick for a little while now, a few days, and I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, oh my God, it's only been half an hour. Yeah. And I think most of that half hour was that baseball game. So many interesting choices, but the fashion is is, is a good one to start with. They're all dressed like that one character in Friday the 13th part two who's wearing the Mickey Mouse half shirt. 
They all had it on. Well, they're only the guys. It. Lots of bare asses in this movie. Only male. Yes. I, I did. I would like to point that out. It was all male yeah. nudity, True. which is not something you saw, at least from what I remember back then. It I was, mean, there's like a 12-year-old butt just in someone's face at one point <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> That's it, right. The old, you can't sit up because I can use my mental powers to make you stay down, and then you put your face in someone's ass. Yeah, that old one. That old, that old chestnut. It is, um, oh boy. What is Sleep Boy Camp? I don't like. Was the entire premise behind it that the killer was uh, like a forced transvestite? We'll get we'll get to okay. that last because there's a reason I have I I've been avoided talking about this movie because I think it's difficult to understand. I've avoided talking about it because the discourse, modern discourse behind it, is so fucking stupid. I don't know any of that. Either. We'll get we'll get to that. But the ending is why the movie persists. It's one of the most shocking incredible endings is it in film history it's completely insane yeah but you knew it right from the, you knew that the the girl was the killer and you knew that she was a boy because the beginning scene where the the son or the daughter dies with the boat crash well they try to make it so that you don't know that they, really? they pretend that the son died but no you saw the son alive and you saw the the girl missing and then you see her little um life jacket float up to the top well the movie's That's not well made, Pete. Okay. <laughs> but the point is supposed to be that you're when you're, you're presented with the little girl walking around, you just assume that the, the daughter survived. Okay. Well, I did not get that. So, uh, where do we want to start with Aunt Martha? Do we want to yeah, start Yeah, what with... was her deal? So, uh, Pete, would you believe that that actress did not act in another movie for 23 years? I can't believe she acted in another movie after 20. I think she should have been given a lot more roles well, she because she was something. And she was one of the most incredible performances in film history. And it's, you see it once you don't forget it. Well, cause all this, there was a whole conversation between it started off with the, the people it's the camp. It's the camp. Like, I don't know, eight years in the past. Right. We'll, we'll say right. Just because I can't. Your phone's buzzing. Yeah, I know, but it's buzzing somewhere else. That's so not silent. That's buzzing. That's silent. Motherfucker. Uh, anyway, you're making me lose my train of thought here. Choo choo. There it is. the, People are at the camp. There's a, I assume, a counselor and another counselor driving a boat with a girl jet skiing behind, not jet skiing, water skiing behind it. Oh, and see, this is a, a point of major contention, who these people are. I, I was trying to figure that out. Who they're related to. Yeah, yeah. One of them must be Martha's husband. Who the fuck was Martha? Aunt Martha. Oh, okay. One of them must be her husband. And is he having a relationship with the other man on the beach? It's very difficult to understand. Because well, you, you had do the, later see that that must be true. Well, you had the father and the two kids you get a on a sailboat, and then you've got the two camp counselors and another, I guess, camper on a boat. True. So you got two sets of boats. There was a lot of talking going on, and I never was able to figure out the relationships of any of them. Well, a flashback later, you see the two men in bed, the yeah. one on the beach and the one in the water. So, Oh, I didn't catch that. Okay. Yeah. My question would be, why is this important? Why is this matter what these because it doesn't add anything except i guess to the confusion of sexuality that like the movie puts the children into the children's eyes yeah because then there's a scene where the the little boy and the little the brother and sister do they then start like experimenting Perhaps. on each other Perhaps. well the brother's dead or sister's dead so it'd be the cousin but oh i thought it was the brother and the oh, sister oh, having the seen yeah in the, yeah, flashback? In the okay. flashback yeah so this is the point that I'm on, i don't want to skip to the end on this the arguments that are made modernly to, to just try to put some kind of what the movie's intentions were. This movie had no intentions. It doesn't have an idea. 
If you're trying to take modern sensibilities about transgenders or anything with sexuality and put it on sleepaway camp, you're out of your mind. It doesn't have an idea other than what if we pretended this was a girl, but then it turns out that the boy was alive. That's all the whole point is. But that's that was my question too. Yeah. That seems like the entire point. You knew it was her. You had to know it was the the little girl, Angeline, Angela, Angela. Close enough. You knew it was her because it couldn't be anyone else. I mean, I guess it could have been her cousin. Well, there's a lot of people that think it's both of them. But he seems so confused because he's accused by the camp owner yes. who is psychotic. Well, he, there's people that think it's both of them. They definitely use Ricky in some shots to throw off that it's Angela. He's standing there in a wig in the doorway when they kill Judy. That was him? Yes. So, Man, Judy had it coming. She was another right bitch. Do you, do you want to talk about the characters? Do you want to talk about the ending? You got to pick one. You got to pick a I don't know. I'm all over the place. Um, the theory that it's both of them basically stems from one line when they're all bullying Angela and she just he says, we're not going to let them get away with this. That he knows the truth. He says at the beginning, I'll keep the secret. So oh, okay. there's the theory that it's both of them is out there. And it's not a terrible theory. Then he really faked it well when he was being accused. But like everything in Sleepaway Camp, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. There's no, this movie doesn't have a point. Okay, so if we're taking it back to when it was made, like get rid of any kind of the discourse now about right. well, anything. I, we got to get back to that at some point. Oh yeah. Ahead. But I'm just saying right now, when they made this movie, the big twist is like you said, it's like, oh look, he's a she kind of yes. like, but it wasn't, was it played? Cause any, uh, no, now I'm jumping ahead again. Cause I'm trying to think of other movies. Anytime somebody is trans, it's played for, it's like awful. Like uh, Ace Ventura. Mm -hmm. It's played for like, oh, gross. So the, the modern reading on the movie, people try to say to about it, Oh, this is one of those cases where because they're transgender and they're 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 not normal, they're evil. That's not what the point of this movie is. If there's no again, I want to make this clear. This movie has no point. It has right, no right, opinion. Okay. It has no perspective. It's not trying to have a perspective. I didn't think that it was. I did not get that sense having watched this movie for the first time. I promise you that 40 years ago, Sleepaway Camp was not trying to say anything positive nor negative about anything because it doesn't have an idea. If anything, because again, I don't know if I knew just from somebody had told me or that I like I knew that Angela was initially a, the boy from the beginning, or if it's just Peter. Oh, that's me. Mm -hmm. Hey, um, damn it! I got so excited about hearing my own name that I forgot what I was saying. Well, the argument that I make, and again, I want to stress, they didn't imply or intend anything. I want to make that clear before I continue because this is where I get into these arguments, and I. I'm going to do it. Who are you arguing with? The interwebs. Oh, okay. Because it, it, it's... How's that working out for you? My days are pretty empty. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to make this clear. This is not intended. There was no intention. The scriptwriter did not sit there and go, I have some thoughts on, on, on transgenders. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't do it. Right. I think that everybody trying to put the negative stereotype of the evil queer in this movie has got it completely backwards. If anything, that's what people are doing now. Yes. If anything, it makes the exact opposite argument. And again, when I say if anything, it doesn't have anything. It doesn't intend anything. However, this is not the story of a transgender murderer. This is the story of somebody forced to live. That was my point. Just a second ago, this was somebody who, beyond that, this was a horribly abused yes. child. That Aunt is Martha, what I took away. Aunt I, is the villain of the movie. A hundred percent. Well, from the beginning, yeah. and then everyone at that camp was a giant piece of shit too, who all yes. had it coming. Yes. So the point 
again, the point the movie's making is it doesn't have a point. But if you're going to try to read modern sensibilities into it, the thing that it's actually saying, which again, it's saying nothing. If it were saying something, what it would be saying is do not force people to be someone they're not. Accept who they are. It's the opposite of what people are angry about. That's the, that's the funniest part to me about this discourse that goes on, these arguments, is that it's not even saying the negative thing that you think it's saying. It actually has an accidentally positive statement. But, so people are saying that anyone who's transgender is That's a what they think the movie said. That's what people now think. That her motivation is that she's transgender. That's the only motivation she has. That's not what it is. It's the abuse that she suffered. It's being forced into a box that's not who she is. <laughs> so yeah. So okay. they, they've got, even their reading of the movie as they try to get angry at it is wrong. But again, the movie's not saying any of it. No, because that's what I, was, it's, that's what I guess I was getting to at the beginning. Oh, you're this is, jumping. What do you got to say? This is how the movie was written. You know, it'd be fucked up if she stands up and she's got a dick. That's what the movie's More saying. male nudity. That more That's what the movie's saying. It doesn't go any deeper than that. But if you are forcing me to read deeper into it, it's saying the opposite of what people are mad about. Yeah. Because that, that again, having, it had to be, I never thought about there being two killer, you know, the two yeah. of them working together. I thought it was just Angela and she was right. It probably is just Angela. People. The movie's not trying to do anything. Yeah. So then the big, there was no real twist. It's like, oh, look, he's a she. Yes. Or, you know what I mean? Like that, or she's a he, whatever. You watched the movie last night. Yeah. Do you believe there's anything deeper than, no. wouldn't it be crazy if she stood up and had no. a dick? That's how it was written. Why did she bite the head off? It looked like she bit the head off of the, the one kid who liked her. Every answer is going to be the same. Wouldn't it be cool if? <laughs> okay. Now, one thing about the movie that actually is cool. The fucking gore effects are incredible in this movie. They were pretty good for... Unbelievably good. When the guy, the cook, who also, the pedophilia that yep. starts in really yep. fucking early in this movie. Yep. Like, even for things in the 1980s, where there's always a little bit of that there, I'm sitting there going, what the fuck? He, holy cow. So it was, but again, he corners her, the cook, an adult yes. cook, corners a girl in a, a an enclosed area and is unbuttoning his pants before he's interrupted. He needed to have boiling water dumped all over him. Yes. But when it happened, it was really cool watching the bubbles pop up on his face. Yep. Do you know that uh, Robert Earl Jones is James Earl Jones' father and he played the cook that was the nice cook? I did not know yes. that. So there you go. Whatever happened, he said he, he took the job when the first cook died. Or got taken away, and then I never saw him again for the rest of the movie. The movie doesn't. The movie's not good, Pete. <laughs> I think the super buff counselor for one of the camps, one of the groups of kids, he was the only decent person in the whole thing. He was, yes. He. I, everyone else had varying levels of culpability and needed to be killed. Did you see the scene where they, the two people, were having a conversation outside, and he was just front and center in the background doing deadlifts? In the outside. No, it's, I might have. It's one I of the don't. funniest things ever. You just, it's framed, two people in the front of the camera, and in the background, right in the center, rear eyes at me. He's just doing squats. <laughs> was he stuff. wearing a half shirt? Of course he was. Awesome. He's, he's, he was the one nice guy in the movie. Right. I liked it. I'm glad he survived. Lots of child abuse in this movie. Boy, howdy, was there ever. Mel, the old uh, camp, camp owner, beats yeah. the shit out of Ricky. Holy cow, does he ever. And he, I mean, he, he got weirdly obsessed with I also thought it was weird that he was like, into Meg, the camp counselor, and Meg was into him no, that, out of nowhere. That first part's not weird. The second part is extremely weird. Where she was all excited to go on a date with him? Yeah. Well, he seemed kind of surprised by it. Yes. Like, honestly, like, oh, what? Huh? You want to go on a date with me? And then he jumped right into it. Yeah. Why did she want... Oh, again, why? There is no reason. I don't no, know why I'm asking. Exactly. And they just needed him to be angry about something. Every decision in this movie is just, they need to explain why something's going to happen. It's really bad 
script writing, to be completely honest with you. Nothing's organic. I believe that the whole flashback with the, the Aunt Martha's husband being in a homosexual relationship is just to explain. I think somebody, when they were writing the movie, thought, wait a minute. If that's Peter, not Angela, then why is Peter into a boy? We better explain that she's, she understands uh, homosexuality. I'm not kidding. I think that's the I, truth. I like that they're trying to give a reason for something at that one point and nowhere else in this movie. I, no, they like, do that with Meg. Like, why is Meg after Mel? Because Mel has to be suspicious and angry and it has to be a personal stake. That's the only reason that happens. There's no other purpose to it. No, there wasn't anywhere like, but that one. Because, again, it, it's just trauma. I sat there and I felt bad. For Angela, I'm like, this poor kid has been abused his or her whole life, the entire time, by this crazy aunt who I never got. Like, there was the, all the conversation at the beginning of the movie between, well, in that brief, everything happened really quickly. Like, there'd be a lot of stuff that happened in five minutes, then there'd be a nice 20-minute baseball yes. game break, then there'd be a lot of stuff happening for a few minutes where it seemed to just get you going. But all of that conversation, I feel, if I watched it again, would maybe explain the relationship. But no, okay. It, it'll only confuse things further. All right, because I was, I thought, oh, I must have missed it. what the fuck is going on here. Right from the drop, when we're presented with six characters in the water, and they never explain who any of them, and one on the beach, and we never explain who any of them are nope. or what the relationships are to each other. It nope. gets, it gets fuzzy. And then we met that crazy aunt, who yes. I'm not gonna lie, I wish she had come back because she was bad shit. Insane. She does come back, and she comes back in a way in a flashback when she explains, "We already have a little boy." Yeah, yeah. I understand why her performance is the way it is. I why? Okay. When she you see her the second time in the memory, yeah, she's doing it very, very theatrically, right? Because it's supposed to be a surrealist kind of memory, like it's supposed to it's supposed to be awkward and weird and over the top. She just plays it that way in the first time too, because I think that's just how she read the character. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So even though the first one is taking place in not like as a memory, modern day in, yes. rea- in reality. If she had acted like that just in the second sequence when she's explaining that they're gonna they're gonna turn Peter into Angela, it would have made sense because it would have added to the surrealism of the story. Putting it in the beginning when she's just packing their lunch is just the most insane. I've tied a string upon my finger to help me remember a whole bag. <laughs> it's the most insane line reading. I've ever seen in a movie. How did the her actual son turn out to be, I guess, somewhat normal raised in all of that? Is he, though? I don't know. All right. We, uh, before we get into some of the characters, because there's no shortage of memorable characters, let's go over, <laughs> let's go over some of the awesome deaths, because there's some incredible deaths in this movie. We get the arrow through the throat that Friday the 13th Part 1 does not give us. I don't what I don't remember Friday the Thirteenth Part One with an arrow in the throat. Well, there's that an early happen. There's well, an, I guess I could remember something not happening. There's an early setup where uh, one of the counselors shoots an arrow at the other counselor when she's standing by the target. It's supposed to be like a nice scare moment, and then later you see him with arrows all over him. But the movie couldn't deliver the special effects of doing it. This movie did. And it looked fucking great. It really did. This was only two, three years later, and it looked great. We have the bees. The bees was the. Why didn't he just crawl out of the stall? You can just get under it. Because you're getting stung by 8 million bees. That you don't have me, time to think. That would make me more likely to crawl out. Mm. Great, great, great effects on that death. Again, yep. Same um, with the boiling water. Boiling from the water's death guy. is great. You have uh, even just how they they cold up your face when you're dead. So Meg falls out of the shower and Mel sees her. And she's got a... Not nude at any point. Not nude. Because that got, was a girl. Can't have female nudity. The gash down her back and her face is like a perfect dead face. They put so much at the beginning when they find the body and he's got like the snake on him. Yeah. Unbelievably great 
I thought so. And it was a nice little callback for it. You're going to get the water snakes in this water. I've only there had been a snapping turtle to go along with the snake. I just, it's, it's also not a bad looking movie. It's shot like it's sloppy, but it's shot nice. Like for a 1983 I'm, movie, it's, it's got a nice wide view of the camp always. I got the sense of a summer camp. At no yeah. point did I think I was I, like it filmed on location. I really, it took me into, this is a summer camp. There's this like, is a sleepaway camp, if you will. There's actual craft in the movie, which is surprising because the performances are so bonkers and the script is so ridiculous, <laughs> but like the movie itself looks good and the effects are incredible, but there's just like, what page was everyone else on? Well, I guess they were using the script, so they're on a really bad page. Because these <laughs> well, characters, Pete, I don't, they don't get much more memorable than, than these characters. I, the thing is, I don't remember any of their names. Well, I you just, remember Judy. I remember Judy because, goddamn, she was terrible. Yep. She was also a whore. And I was really worried at some point because she was so promiscuous. I thought that she was going to be the nude one. I'm like, but she's a child. Like, we can't be showing this. Yeah, we saw Bare child asses already. Yeah, we already seen bare child asses, but, you know, male. Mm. I'm like, we're not going. But I, I was so confused at this point, this horrible story of abuse and, well, and awfulness. Judy has one of the two great lines in the movie, which is another thing. How does this script have two lines this fucking good when the What's script is Judy's? so sterile? She's a real carpenter's dream, oh, flat yeah, as yeah. a board and needs a screw. I've got, I've got a line that I like a lot. It's the best line in the movie. Well, it's got to be. You just go ahead and do it. It's got to be the line. Eat shit and live. Eat shit and live. Bill. That's fantastic. Yep. Eat Fuck shit me. and die, Ricky. Eat shit and live, Bill. It's Eat the shit best and live. That is fantastic. I've never heard that before. And oh my god, it is awesome. It's not even just the line. It's how well he performs it in the middle of that twenty-minute baseball game. In the middle of twenty-minute baseball, <laughs> which game. has no bearing again anywhere else in the movie. He's very angrily told to eat shit and die, and he very casually says, "Eat shit and live, Bill." And it's so much worse. <laughs> It is, it's it's one of my favorite moments in film history. It is solid. I'll, yep, that one stuck out for like me. This year at the Oscars, they might give Best Picture to Oppenheimer, which was great. And people will be like, well, that two-minute sequence where he detonated the bomb. And I'm like, what about that two-second sequence where he said, eat shit and live, Bill? Because <laughs> if you're giving out awards, I don't know how Ricky didn't get one. It's the, the opposite of Aunt Martha. It's the best line reading I've ever heard. Yeah. Because he could have done... He could have gone over the top with it, and he's like, "No, the line is the line works without it." It's, it's just a very good line, too. It's, it's more cutting off-handed. That's what it is. So Judy is the bitch. Yep. But also Meg is the bitch. Meg, her counselor, <laughs> seems to desperately want Judy's approval the entire time. Yeah. There, there was another counselor in the same bunk who was very ineffectual as, I guess, trying to be the counterweight. But she to does the... get to slap Judy, which was nice. Oh yeah. She slaps her right after the. But now I'm rooting line. for child abuse again. Well. You'll get up plenty when Mel gets his hands on Ricky. <laughs> well, I, see, I, Ricky, I was on Ricky's side. I was always on Angela and Ricky's side this I, entire movie. I still am. Like, you're I, supposed to be, right? I still am on their right, side. Yeah. They, they, they weren't wrong. This is somebody, this is like a revenge tale. It's yeah. not a, a slasher movie. I'm still on their side. I know what happens in the movie, and I'm still like, yeah, this should, Van Martha should probably go to prison. Yeah, like, she should. Probably. Let's see, we got... Uh, we got the workout guy with his giant arms. He's Dope. the nice guy. Yep. I He just tried to do the best. He always could. He was great. And we get... I My question, 
all those kids, all the kids who went um, camping, like near the end, they were, uh, they had to go like sleep in the woods, apparently with no tents and no fire, just in their sleeping bags. And they were all axe murdered. Yeah. Were they the ones who were making yes. up, like up on the roof, throwing. They were uh, throwing dirt at her. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's one of the reasons is when Ricky's like, we're not going to let them get away with this. And it's like, hmm. Okay. You know, it's, it makes yeah, you wonder. I'm, I missed the part where he said, I'll keep your secret. But yeah, now that you said it, I remember that. But it never, I guess I never at any point thought that he was involved in the killings. I thought that was just her. It probably is just her, but it's one of the more interesting things. <laughs> okay, it's not. There's so many <laughs> interesting things. I've seen this movie dozens of times, and it never fails to just be a complete mindfuck. Because I've never seen anything quite like it. Let's see, Mel is a lunatic. We have the the pedophile cook. Mm-hmm. We've got... Uh, Paul, who is the one guy who doesn't deserve to die. Which one was Paul? Paul's the one that Angela likes. Oh, yeah. Who, yeah, that's Where, the one guy. I feel like she bit his head off, even though yeah. she had the axe there at the end. Yeah. I feel like she ate his head off for some reason. That's the one person who doesn't deserve it. Yeah, he didn't really do anything. He seemed to be kind of nice. Yeah. And, I mean, he was tempted by that stupid, stupid trollop Judy. Judy's but, entire arc is that she got boobs first. Is that what it was? Yes. I think it says it right when he got there, Judy got boobs. Oh, okay. And then they get there and then... Judy like, had boobs. Judy had boobs, and then Judy's the, the queen bitch now because she has those boobs. Even more so than Meg. Yes. And Meg was the adult in that cabin. I guess. Meg Meg <laughs> makes bad choices, too. <laughs> I don't know that Meg made any choice. Why did they throw her into the water? Like, Meg picked the camp counselor, yeah, picked her up. Like, holy shit. The, one, the owner there is freaking out about, you know, these people dying and his camp's going to be ruined, and he refuses to do anything while his counselor picks up a kid and throws her in the water. I mean, it was the 80s. Oh, yeah, right. Never mind. Yeah. And <laughs> Objection like, withdrawn. I remember the mid to late 80s, and they were pretty pretty rough. Like, I, 83 might even be worse. I don't remember 83. I mean, this was probably New Jersey. You think so? Doesn't it seem like it? Doesn't, doesn't a lot of Jersey you know, actors? <laughs> there were a lot. All right. Just based on the, the people who were at the camp? Yeah. yeah. All right. Whatever happened to... What the fuck? Einstein? Not Einstein. Who was the nerd kid who... Wasn't really a nerd. Like, they, they made fun of him. The one who had to get the ass to his face. What oh, was no, his no, name? No. He was Shakespeare. Don't even Wordsworth. Know. He had a name. But I'm enjoying you continuing to try because I don't know the answer. Right. I, well, I figure if I accidentally Mozart. Hit, Mozart. Sure. Moe's. Moe's. He caught the ball in the baseball game. By that baseball game. <laughs> the most subversive moment in horror film history. Is him, is him catching the ball? I don't know. While he's playing a video he's game, playing a video game, he's like, "Oh shit!" And then he runs it down and he catches it. And it's like that's never happened before. And like three scenes later, they are still making yes. fun of him and giving him shit. And well, he's still the nerd linger. I know, but like their gang of twelve-year-olds beat what I'm guessing were college seniors. <laughs> oh boy, the age discrepancy in that baseball game yeah. too. And they beat them. The fact that these college seniors had such beef with 10-year-olds is amazing to me. No, the fact that they kept losing to them is amazing. <laughs> and none of them were into Judy. It doesn't... Where did they go? Well, that's one a plot point that does happen in the movie, is that they know there's a killer out there, and only some of the kids go home. Well, everything except a 24. There was some yeah. weird number, like, oh, 25 kids are left. Like, 25 kids had parents who didn't give a shit. Yes. Clearly, the crazy aunt didn't give a shit. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, right. Well, but, she probably knows who's doing it. You think so? I don't know that she was aware of too much. Oh, God, that performance was so good. It's the most memorable performance because once you see it, it never leaves your head. Maybe. That's probably what part of what makes this, because it was. Like, this is one of those movies that's talked about, right? Like, it's a... Uh, mostly for the uh, ending. Mostly for the ending. And Aunt Martha a little bit, too. Aunt Martha, because she was fucking nuts. 
And for that great line, you yeah. shouldn't live, Bill. That is a great line. It's, it's that's one where you just put the pen down and you walk outside and you just go, "I got it." I, I think that's it. I think that's what they did, but yeah. they weren't done with the script yet, so they just kind of made up the rest as they went along. Yeah, it's what makes the movie so interesting is that it looks good. The performances are so crazy. The kills are incredibly good. Especially for the time. I have a problem with movies that, like older movies, if I didn't see them when they came out or at some point in my formative years, it's harder for me to really get into them unless they're really good or they yeah. really have something going. Because it's just an old fucking movie at that point, And mm-hmm. it's not that interesting. But this one, I, the performance of Aunt Martha kind of sucks you in. Yeah. You're right. It was pretty pretty. Yeah, it's 40 years later, and the things that stand up are that ending, which will be discussed and debated forever, because it's one of the but, most shocking endings in film history. It just is. Yeah, but didn't... What the fuck was that one, The Crying Game? Wasn't that the same basic premise? Never saw The Crying Game. I never saw The Crying Game either, but it's like they... He's like, oh, he's got a penis, or she's got a penis, and that was the whole ending of the movie. Like, that was the big reveal. People try to do this with Psycho also. They just miss the point of Psycho. Like... They're like, oh, it's it's saying that transvestites are, are evil and bad and crazy. And it's like, that's not what it's saying. He's They clearly explain, there's an entire five-minute sequence where a psychologist explains this to you, that he's not Norman Bates anymore. He's his mother. He's got... Uh, so he's not cross-dressing. He's dressing... She's dressing as herself because she's the one in charge. Yeah, it's not um, split personality anymore. I can't remember what it's called. Forget forget the, even when it was. When when he says like oh he's a transvestite he's like to dress up as his mother it's like that's not why he was doing it no it's, he was doing it because he was his mother right he was insane yes he, but I can't oh, fuck, but I can't that's what I mean like now. you can't I, I don't have a problem looking at stories through the lenses of, of modern culture I do have a problem when you don't understand the story you're doing it to which I think is the, the both of those movies Psycho actually just deliberately tells you that's not what this is he's not a transvestite he is his mother right. It's, Do you think that was because, like, at the time they didn't like be like a transvestite would have been like too weird or shocking? No, or? they they flat out say the word in the movie, which would have been shocking. But they also say that he, you know, he the, the psychologist says, oh, he started dressing as his mother to pretend she was there. Okay, but he also was like, but it, she is there. So like that's that's the end. That's the end result of Psycho is Norman Bates isn't dressing as his mother. Norma Bates is dressing as herself right. in his body. That's the, the the so don't try to tack ideas out of that because that's what the idea is the same thing first of all they had no idea there was no idea but there was nothing if they here. did it's don't do this to your kids <laughs> which is why it's so nuts or, to me or maybe hey be nice to other people if you're at a camp with them well not in 1983 mm. oh yeah well i mean maybe that's a lesson we can take away now is my point be nice like honestly the only idea this movie might accidentally have made a kind of opinion this movie might accidentally have about sexuality at all is that Paul is the first person who's actually nice to Angela, which is why she's attracted to him. And it doesn't have anything to do with who, with, with, with uh, being queer. It doesn't have anything to do with being straight. It just has to do with like, I am in a world of hell. This aunt is a nightmare. I come here, people throwing dirt at me and throw me in the water. There's one person who's kind to me and I am attracted to that. That would be the only accidental thing it even says. Also, that half shirts are super cool, and I think we should bring them back. Oh, man. There's, when they're playing the baseball game, and there's a 45-year-old pitcher. <laughs> playing underhand soft pitch, too, if you, if you pay. Yes, for money. Softball. For money, they were very slow lobs over the plate. His outfit 
would be a great Halloween costume if we didn't live in the freezing cold. Halloween costume? Next summer, I'm saying we bring it back. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it'll be the summer of half shirts. We'll work on that title, because I think we can do better, but summer is something, and they're going to be half shirts, and we can rock them. Yeah, I've never seen that in the wild before. <laughs> no. No, I don't, not even back in the 80s, yeah. I don't remember ever seeing, aside from movies. <laughs> For movies. Everything comes back except that. I'm bringing it back. It has been decided. So, yeah, you're going to wear the half shirt? I'm going to wear the half shirt next summer. The closest I get to that is when like a really fat guy just wearing a shirt that doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> I've done that. Yeah. I've done that before. That's more of a three-quarter shirt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. I like this plan for next summer. So one of the great things about Sleepaway Camp is that there's no answers. Like, there's, you ask, like, why was this like this? Why was this like this? There's no right answer. Nobody knows. It's just, like I said, there's a really good director of, of photography. I guess so. <laughs> there was a really good special effects artist. There was a really interesting casting director who was looking for things that were unique and memorable and nailed it. And there was a script that was a complete mess, except for some amazing lines. And that it all came together into something just unforgettable. I guess so, because it's still talked about. Oh, 100%. All right, which was fascinating to me, having never seen it before. I don't, any, any age, any time for the rest of time, you watch that movie and just be like, I have so many questions. And then you start looking for answers and you can't find any and you just get you just get more interested. Like, but why was it why was this the choice? But people now on the internet are making a point to yes. get up in arms about whatever cause they want to back. Sure. Trying to show that this movie makes their point. It's sleepaway camp. <laughs> the point it's trying to make is we can spend this much money on the movie and hope we'll make a lot more. That's the whole point. It's like, oh, you know what's really, really hot right now? Friday the thirteenth. What if we made one of those? Right. We even set it at a camp. It's not a movie of original ideas. It's not a movie of almost any ideas. But they had really good special effects for the deaths. Unbelievably good. Yeah. Like the snake, like again, going back, just I'm just thinking of all of them. There were so many. With this script and many of the choices of the performers, you would expect it to be a movie that has to cut away from all the violence because it can't afford it, or it just has very poor effects. You know what? It's, but it has the best effects. It seems like a very low-budget movie. It is. I can look it up, but it was. But it, it, it definitely seems like it. But there's looking at what... And I'll fall back on this, like I always fall back on it. Practical effects are where it's at. Any one of those scenes still works, looking at those mm-hmm. corpses, looking at what... It, now, look at the things you see in movies now with CGI. It looks terrible within a decade. It's just a joke. $350,000. I don't know what that means in 1983 money. But it made $11 million. That so, is a lot of money in 1983 dollars. Yeah, movie was filmed in five weeks... September through October 1982 in Argyle, New York. Close enough to New Jersey. Oh, these were New Jersey actors. You, Judy is a New Jersey actress. I think they all were. I believe, if I'm not mistaken about this, Jane Cruz. No, what was the? Who's the? What's her name? The who? Thirty Rock. Jane Krakowski. Jane Krakowski was originally going to be Judy in the movie yes. in 1983. Yes, and it would have made sense in a way because. The, the the blonde queen be you know and the uh blonde brunette arguments are always in these movies but instead you have two brunettes just arguing at it which like you kind of don't look that dissimilar to angela except that you've got your boobs yet now but she was in uh i don't know if she wasn't she turned it down because the script was bad or whatever but i know she was originally attached to the movie was that she role. what was she, she doing was at that yeah okay she but she did uh national lampoon's vacation that year instead the first one? Yep. Who is she in that movie? She's Cousin Eddie's daughter. That's Jane Krakowski? Yes. 
Really? I haven't seen that movie in forever. And I keep hearing terrible things about Chevy Chase, so it makes me not want to watch any of his old movies again. Yellow Dog? <laughs> they like Yellow Dog? <laughs> See? What happened to him? God damn it. Chevy Chase? Yeah. He got old, and old people aren't funny. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's what it is. But this, yeah, this, this podcast is a very short shelf life because we got started so late. I guess so. Some would say we're already past that shelf life. Many have. Hmm. Yeah. So, I asked you at the beginning, what you think about sleepaway camp, Pete? I thought it was a tale of child abuse. It that is. is what I thought it was. And I felt really bad, and I was happy when all the murders happened because they all had it coming. Like, she wasn't wrong. Except Paul. Except Paul. That's the wrong place, wrong time, I guess. Yeah. I don't understand it. Was there? No. I, again, here I am trying to ask you a question of the why. The only reason Paul dies is because they need to have that be the reveal at the end. There's no other reason for it to happen. She hasn't yeah. killed anybody who hasn't been asking horrible. for it. Exactly. Right. And somehow she let Aunt Martha live all of these years. Hey, I wonder what it was at the sleepaway camp that finally broke her that made her say, yep, now's the time to start getting my righteous vengeance. There's no answer to that. <laughs> that's the point. There's no answer to that. Well, yeah, that's what I'm left with is I still have all these why questions. Because people start dying immediately. So it's not even you can say, oh, she had a sexual awakening and realized that. No, the she first was, person. No, she dies way before that. <laughs> Somebody dies way before that. Yeah, the first, it was her brother and her father. Well, those were the first them. people who died. She didn't kill them. I did, I know, but they did die. I kept looking. That was part of it in the back of my head. I was trying to figure out those relations to everybody. Turn and around. Fact, let me see that. In the back of your head. The back of my head. Yeah, you said in the back of your head. Oh, there uh, it is. There. I see what you did there. See, I was about to ask why, but I'm learning I can't ask why about anything anymore. Throughout this entire podcast, as we were talking about it, I went, but why? And then I stopped myself, because there is no why. It's one of the most frustrating things of having the sleepaway camp discussion about the ending. On is the that, internet. Is that every one of them that ends... No, I've, I've, I'm sure I've talked to somebody in real life about this before. I'm sure it's come up. It wasn't me. Okay, Shaggy. <laughs> I'm sure I have actually had a conversation with friends about this before. And you, it's, you only get so far before you go, it's fucking sleepaway camp. It's not... I, I, I'm right there with you. Yeah, that's what, that's, but that's also what makes the movie so enduring to me, is that... You're never going to find the answer, but it's like a puzzle you can't look away from. Like, who is the man on the beach? There's a flashback that says he's the lover of the guy in the water. Why? <laughs> what? Why was this? Don't ask that. Why was this important? Why was this in there? I'm trying. I'm struggling right now to think of any movie that has that level of just questions with no explanations behind it. No, Anything modern day. I don't think it would work. The movie itself, and it would hold up. I must use the word hold up. I am going to use it. If it didn't do some things so much better than you'd expect them to. If the movie wasn't so easy to watch because you're going to get some of the best kills. And it's and the performances are, again, insane. Yeah. I'm not saying good. I'm saying they're insane. Right. The characters are insane. But that's watchable. That's the, If it didn't have that, if it was just a grimy, dirty, cheap knockoff of Friday the 13th that just came and went, people wouldn't talk about any aspect of it, I don't think. It's such, there's such an interesting divide between the talent that made it into the film and the talent that didn't make it into the film, that you can't understand where anything's coming from at a given moment. And I've never seen a movie quite like it. No, I'm, I get it, I guess. I understand why yeah. people like it. I, I just never saw it before. And I'm not going to lie. I think I would probably watch it again because, huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And it's good to see these people who deserve to die, die. And it's just heartwarming in a certain way. 
it's a movie that I've watched enough times where it's like a song that you don't love, but you kind of like it. And then you're watching it you're like, oh, this is the part of the song I like. And then you realize you've said it for every part of the song. It's the call me maybe of movies. Oh, I'm like, oh, this is the good part. Oh, wait, no, this is the good part. And you're like, do you like that song? It's like, no, that song's terrible. Oh, oh, it's the good part, though. This is the one good part. I like that other one she has. I don't know any other song she has. Oh, come on. That's what it's called? Yeah, no, it's not it. You're a Swifty. It's not Taylor Swift. Who is it? Call Me Maybe? Yeah. Carly Rae Jepsen? That's not a real person. No, I made that up on the spot. I'm, yeah, really, I'm really good at making up names. Yeah, that was one of the people from Sleepaway Camp. That's not... <laughs> hey, the... Best boy in this movie. Oh, there was one? I was a look. girl. It was oh. Judith something, I believe. I can't remember. The whole day. I just, now I, I have to go back and reinspect everything I thought about the movie and what it was trying to say about gender. Yep. The best boy was a girl. It's a girl. But uh, So the best boy was a girl and the lead girl was a boy. And it was a tight like 84 minutes. Too. It was 84 minutes. That's I, true. I knew that one. I like that. I always got to check that. And that's what actually made me decide to go, you know what? I am going to put it on tonight. It's 84 <laughs> minutes. If it had been like 102, I'd say, fuck you, sleepaway camp. Yeah, if you want, if anybody wants to know what kind of communication we have, he said, I'm sick, can't do Monday, so we're going to have to put out something different on Wednesday. And then I was like, I don't want to put out another watch along. We have watch along ready to go, but we just did two of them. So he's like, oh, I don't want to either. But he doesn't tell me that till the next morning. But I can see because he's watching it on my uh, account. I yeah, can see that he was watching it. I own sleep. nothing of my own. I can see he was watching it on my account. So I was like, hmm, I guess maybe I should prepare for this. So I watched it on Peacock. Because you were watching it on Voodoo. Peacocktober. I watched it on Peacock, and I was prepared for it. And then at 10.30 this morning, you were like, yeah, come over at noon. And I'm like, good thing I decided to watch it. Yep. I, it is a good thing you decided to watch I it. I had not done any work. I did, and this would have gone a lot differently if I had to be in charge. No, I think it would have gone about the same, because you would have been like, you brought up a lot of parts of the movie. And there's well, no answer. I kept looking for a why to all of these parts of the movie, but there is no why. That is what I've learned from Sleepaway Camp. I'm just going to read my things here. In, remember, it begins with, in fond memory of mom, yes. a doer. Whatever that means. Eat shit and die, Ricky. Eat shit yes. and live, Bill. Surprisingly good effects. Long baseball game. Aunt Martha, played by Desiree Gould. What was the movie she was in again 23 years later, you said? It was It was another like low-budget horror movie. It might have even been like one of the off-brand sequels of this. There were off-brand sequels of Sleepaway? There's a whole twisted thing. The director made one at one point. Uh, Felissa Rose, who plays Angela, came back and did one at one point. There's two direct sequels that came out not long after this with different casts in them. Uh, was I know it that the, the same one premise where somebody I, just kills people. I've at never a camp? seen any of them. Okay, I'm guessing that's the premise. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen any of them. And I can tell you that the one that the guy directed, this one and the one he directed in 2006, starred the the muscly guy. <gasps> the so, good guy. The good guy. Yeah, I'm gonna get the same shirt he has on. I also wrote down summer clothes. Bear asses, a real carpenter's dream, flat as a board. And oh, yeah, they all went skinny dipping, but they it was only dipping. the guys. Yep. Mel, child abuse from counselors, Judy hair curler to her vagina. That's what that's what it was. I was going to ask, like, that got shoved up her vagina, right? That 100% up her vagina. did, because yep. they didn't show it. They just showed the shadows of her hands reaching for the sky in agony. Oddly tasteful choice. <laughs> Considering these, the practical effects every for every other death in this movie, yes. that's what made me wonder. Cause it, it seemed like it was going in the vagina. Cause I think the shot before is of her like short nightshirt thing that she's wearing. Yep. And then you see her grab the hair curler. But I wasn't 100%. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes, that's, All right. that's why it was in my notes. Robert Earl Jones, boiling water on attempted rapist. Bees, Mel and Meg, Mel suspects Ricky. Incredible performances. 
I put that in parentheses, in uh, quotations. Great death makeup, and then to discuss the ending. So we got through all of my notes, which is... Okay. Well, at the very beginning, as the people, well, not the beginning, but as the new, the kids are arriving at the summer camp, that cook made the comment, something about them, they never get young enough or something yeah. like that. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. He just straight out is like one small wall away from the group of people. And he's like, can I take my pants off and get to you? It was insane. Yep. But there's no reason why. Do you want to talk about his giant pot? <laughs> that pot that he cooked all his corn in that was bigger than him? He had to get it on a ladder. <laughs> to make sure. It was incredible. How's he going to get the corn out? I don't know. I just assume that's how you make things at summer camps. I have never been to a summer camp that was a sleepaway camp. There's one thing I can tell you. That pot exists. It there was not CGI. There were two of them yeah. because there was another one in the other corner when they were talking to, when they were promoting James Earl Jones's dad. It's insane. He was just going to drop 50 pieces of corn in there and then just dump it somehow? I don't know. I don't know what his plan was. But it was a bad one. Doesn't but it again, feel like, what are we asking why for? Doesn't it feel like the better way to make corn for them would just be to put it on a grill? I don't know that I ever saw a grill at any point at there that camp. Grills out there. How about the fact that the movie starts, technically the whole movie's in flashback, because the opening credits go over the aftermath of what happened in the movie. Did you, ever, did you catch that? No, wait, say that again? The opening credits play over the camp after oh, yeah, the events right, of the right, movie. Right. But then it goes into a deep flashback and then years it, earlier. Then eight years closer. Yes. It's that's right because it opens with the camp kind of like some parts are like some it's just look like a normal camp yeah. others are in disarray and then it's a for sale sign yeah camp closed yeah it's com- I completely forgot about that it is a giant flashback everybody loves a prequel everything in the movie is a prequel to the opening of the trash can on its side <laughs> that is how did this happen I but thought, then I never got that answer I like thought that trash else. can was some kind of one of the one of the because I was sitting there watching going oh this is a pretty cool camp they got a lot of like you yeah. know playground stuff and they're mm-hmm. like look at that little tunnel can they have and I was like oh I see it's supposed to make you ask boy I wonder what happened here but it really just looks like a breeze knocked over a trash can I think there was a door that was knocked off the hinges Maybe. too. But did you see any of that in the movie? No, <laughs> I was I mean. looking for it. A, a movie that refuses to give us answers. None. Of, there were no. There were no paybacks. No callbacks. No nothing. Not like Totally Killer, where everything they brought up in the first twenty minutes is a callback. Yes. This one was nothing. They show you everything. None of it comes back. Oh, by the end of the movie, they show you everything. <laughs> as long as you were not a female. Yes. It's uh, again an interesting choice in 1983. That's what I'm talking about. When Meg was killed in a shower, in a shower, yep. and then when her dead body drops out, yep. no nudity anywhere. It's kind, of, it's kind of insane, honestly, for 1983. Right. Which makes you wonder, again, what page is everyone on in this? Because there's some things that are clearly done on purpose. But what purpose was that? <laughs> I don't know. Just don't ask why, man. I just think that there was, like again, there was a, like a level of craft to this that there shouldn't have been. Because nothing about the story demands craft. No, but I want to watch it again. No, it's, it's, it's the choices that it makes are unique to it. That's the best way I can say it. That's Sleepaway Camp. It what makes a weird fucking movie. Right? Yeah, yep. that's what I got. That's my take. What a weird fucking movie that one yep. was. But you'll, you're going to remember it. You're going to think about it sometimes. You're going to use that eat shit and die. I, I've been trying yeah. to use it all day. I've been waiting for Kitty to say, I've been waiting for my kids to say something. I'm like, eat shit and live, motherfucker. Yeah. But they haven't said anything yet. No, Pete, the words have power. Is Ricky knew. <laughs> the actor that played Ricky knew. You don't say it like that. He just got to say, eat shit and live, Fred. <laughs> I've got it somewhere, but they got to give me the setup. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's your kids. They'll say it to you at some point. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. 
So that was the 40th anniversary of Sleepaway Camp. And the first time I ever saw it. Yep. We don't know what we'll be having next week, but uh, we definitely will be having Godzilla. At some point. The week after. Definitely. And we'll definitely be having Christmas. Christmas Spooktacular. And we'll definitely have... Nick Cage News. The Nick Cage Face-Off. Watch Drive. Watch Face-Off 2 if you want. That's a good one. Face-Off 2? There's a Face-Off 2. You said watch Face-Off 2. Ooh. I'm looking forward to that one. That'll be in next week's Nick Cage, Nick Cage News. Dream Scenario is out in some theaters. doesn't come to anywhere around here till the 30th. Is it Old Guard? That's another Nick Cage movie, I think. That's guarding Tess. Ooh, that's another good one. <laughs> we definitely have to have him go up against like Stanley Goodspeed and see who wins. Who's the most <laughs> Nick Cage? And I'm going to have to actually do work for that episode. And we're going to have the Exorcist episode in oh, What anniversary December? is that? 50th. Holy fuck. And then we will have, definitely have the Scare Value Awards coming. That's right. how we'll wrap up the year. So we're only probably one idea away from finishing the year. <laughs> I think, I gotta, think, gotta record them all. I think we're one idea away from a podcast, and here we are. We had that idea? We no, got an idea? no, no. We're still one idea away from a podcast. Oh. Remember when we needed a format? A format? It's kind of rounded into one. Has it? Yeah, most of these episodes now are either watch-alongs or this, where it'll be specifically about a movie. Yeah. We haven't done one of the wild wild though we have no idea ones in a while hmm. which are my favorite i think that's what we're gonna do next week we're just gonna look at each other it's possible because i think we're gonna record it in just a couple of days and then i'm gonna say hey remember that movie sleepaway camp i'll come up with something but we're definitely doing godzilla and okay. i watched godzilla last night for it and boy i fucking love godzilla you said godzilla in 1854 i, know I did i want to watch godzilla 1854 so badly now what would be the weapon that caused his don't know, creation don't care. in 1854 gunpowder don't know don't care i want to watch it a very little godzilla when when the fucking predator came and fought the native americans i was yeah. all in now i watch godzilla bunch fight a bunch of like pre-civil war people i'm excited about godzilla minus one because it looks the trailer looks incredible and the reviews it's out in japan the reviews are, are very very good it's actually got better reviews than shin godzilla which was very well regarded too i haven't seen shin godzilla shin godzilla is a very good movie it is more about the reaction to godzilla you get the fun Godzilla stuff, obviously, but they're they're taking Godzilla this era back to the menace, not the heroic Godzilla that we get in the legendary movies. He's he's the the legendary are the new ones, the American ones. Okay, the Japanese ones have taken him back this movie and Shin Godzilla more to the Where destruction he's a force of nature, that something we did wrong. The hubris of man has created. Yes, he's okay. you know uh, nature fixing itself. Okay. Nature's response, I guess, would be the best way to put it. All right. And I like that version of Godzilla. The, the Godzilla that can't lift Mjolnir. That's what we're talking about. All nerds know. Yeah. Because the <laughs> legendary Godzilla, he could lift Mjolnir. Fuck yeah, he could. The Godzilla that fights Mechagodzilla, he could he could lift Mjolnir. The Godzilla from 54, 18 or 19, couldn't lift Mjolnir. I don't know. Maybe he could. I kind of liked him. I was always rooting for him. I, again, watched it last night at like 2 in the morning, tired from driving back and forth to Rochester day after day, and I was stunned at how much i love this movie again well i guess i'm gonna have to watch it again dr shurizawa forever all right all right we'll see you for something else before godzilla but we'll see you for godzilla eventually eventually Rawr. <laughs>